Stand by for action. Every show we drop the needle on the tracks that were part of the mixed tapes and mixtapes of my 80s and 90s. Tunes that followed me on the train in the morning, on the way to my adventures on the weekend, and all the times in between. Please join me as I share a track from the record box. What I remember, a little bit of history, and a hell of a lot of nostalgia. I'm Michael, and please join me as we get lost in 12 inches. So many samples. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. On the bass is Tim Simeon. Originally tasked by the label Rhythm King to make a mega mix of their catalogue, Tim and producer Pascal Gabriel realised there wasn't enough material to create this. Now, the first cheap sampler had been released a few months before they went into the studio, and this aided the creation of what would become the track I'm talking about now. It's usually at this point I'd go into a bit more detail about the samples, but I'm not going to do that in this episode. Instead, I'm going to talk about the story that was going around Sydney at the time when the song was released. Now, we've heard that Beat This originated as a school project. Tim Simeon was a 16-year-old student who'd spent, now, this number did vary, but about £150 in studio time to put this track together for his school music project. And that somehow it got picked up by Rhythm King and then went on to top the charts. This didn't seem outside the realms of possibility to a seven-year-old Mike, 17-year-old Michael and his friends. We, did have, we didn't have the internet to check stuff like this. And stories did abound. Uncheckable urban myths based on an overheard conversation or on the information of a friend of a friend who'd read it in some paper while visiting London. It charted top ten lots of places, hitting number two in the UK and Israel, number three in Austria, four in Switzerland, Ireland and on the Canadian dance charts, and even hitting number five in New Zealand. But nothing in Australia, not even cracking the top 100, which I think is a little strange considering it did get a local release on 12 inch and 7, 7 inch. I had this track on the most excellent Rhythm King bumper issue compilation that was released by the most excellent Possum Records in early 89. And for that year, this sampler of Rhythm King's back catalogue was on heavy rotation, providing part of the soundtrack to the afternoon city breaks at my house on Cartoon Avenue. Due to its proximity to Gordon Station, literally four minutes from the platform to my back veranda, it was a perfect place for my peers to wait for 20 minutes or so for their buses home. The usuals were Mal, Gary, Chuck and Kip, but others would sometimes often make an appearance. Andre would sometimes skip his stop at Chatswood to attend, Julia and Emma were regulars, and even Walkie and Ian would make an appearance on occasion. There were others who would join, and some days they'd be up to 10, 16 and 17 year olds sitting on my back veranda, talking shit, smoking cigarettes and maybe even drinking coffee combos. Now, the coffee combo was a personal creation. One teaspoon of instant coffee, preferably international roast. Now, you could use Nescafe, but it wasn't as nice. Two teaspoons of Milo, two sugars, hot water, and milk served in a big mug. It was sweet, 
chocolate in, full of caffeine. The perfect afternoon pick-me-up and a great compliment to the Sterlings, Peter Jackson, Benson and & Hedges and other brands of cigarettes with smoke, their butts filling up the ash platter on the white reclaimed table. These afternoon smoko sessions gave my friends a chance to wind down after school. And the veranda at Cartoon Avenue was a great safe space. Safe from getting caught by the school sergeant who'd spend his afternoons travelling up and down the North Shore line, checking out the illicit smoking spots and busting those students as he caught. He did venture up the long driveway at Cartoon Avenue one day, but my mum stopped him about halfway. Ah, what are you doing, sir? I've heard there are boys smoking in your backyard. Well, if there are, how does that concern you? There are some guests. Now, she said in packing. Now, they're also safe to indulge in their addiction to nicotine while keeping it secret from their parents. My mum was a smoker and rather permissive, allowing these afternoon get-togethers. And sometimes even joining in on the conversations. Maybe even bumming in occasional cigarettes. Sitting on the old railway benches, recap the day's events while the music flowed through my bedroom window and door, which backed onto the veranda, forcing my rather eclectic music tastes down the throats of my school chums. Play artists I'd heard on Triple J, Triple R and 2SER. Mixtapes from of album tracks and songs recorded off the aforementioned radio stations. A mix of pop, indie, electronic and hip-hop with the occasional classic taken from records I'd acquired from older siblings and my mum. It was almost like a badge of honour to play music that you wouldn't have heard on commercial radio. I like to share my music with my friends, but I don't know if they really appreciated it. Now, we've come to the part where I answer the question. Would Beat This end up in my monthly playlist if Spotify's algorithm fed it to me in my release radar or Discover Weekly? Yeah, I think the debut track from Bomb the Bass would get the tick of approval. So it's very much a yes on this one. another nostalgia trip. If you've enjoyed listening to me ramble on, please subscribe to get notified when I release new episodes. I'm on all the socials, so check me out there. Thanks for listening to Lost in 12 Inches. I'm Michael, and as I always say, testicles. Testicles.